Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Woolenman. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. You mind if I train myself off? But This is Boldly Going Nowhere, a 2009 production brought to you by the uh, creators of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're on the road to nowhere. Yes, I was very excited for this. This is one of those shows that I've always been, like, kind of looking for. There was a rip on YouTube... For the longest time, but it loses some of the audio because YouTube had muted it. Yeah. So there was luckily a new upload of it very recently, so we were able to hear the parts that had been muted, and we could do it for this here show. Needless to say, I will not be including those parts in our show. Yeah, because uh, clearly... They're looking to copyright strike that, so that's not really going to help us out very much. Not at all. So, let's get started and let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? Uh, So, I have a canned cocktail, Mm -hmm. and it's from a brand where I've liked a lot of their other canned cocktails. So, I figured that I was like, oh, I'll like this because I like everything else they do. Right. Mm. It is, uh, it's not as good as their other work. No? No, I'd like to call this the, uh, It's Never Sunny in Space. That makes sense. I'm sorry it's so disappointing. Uh, I have a mocktail. Uh, I have just, uh, something simple. I, I did some, uh, some Diet Coke, and I put a little bit of grenadine in there. And I call it Set to Stun. There's 99 bananas in here. Oh, this is set to kill. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, this joke will make sense way later in the podcast. Yeah, there's X's on the... There's squiggly X's on the on the bottle. No, I... I, th- I think that's stunt. Oh, so that's confusing. Cause it's like electric shock, I guess. That makes sense. Okay. So. Let's go. Let's go. So we are on the Rock Collector 7 of the Galactic Federation, and it is 2189 AD. Yes. And we hear what is undeniably uh, music. Yeah. Like elevator music. Some elevator music. And everyone's just bored on the bridge of this ship. And at this point, I'm like kind of in, because I'm like, oh, we're going to do like a mundane workplace comedy in space yeah. in space it looks okay, like, it down. looks like 70s star trek the way the the ship looks and the costumes look like i could be down for that uh, our captain i have written down is the douchebag from the good place yes he's the novelist yeah from like season 6 of the good place season 6 of the four season the good place is it only okay then season 4 <laughs> excuse me <laughs> Uh, and uh, the female character enters. I yes. never got her name. Uh, her name is Pilot Joyce Beck. And she wants 
the captain to make an announcement about using the hollow deck to have sexual experiences with AI women that don't exist. This joke rings way truer today than it did when this was made. Yeah, I mean, it's very funny because it's uh, 2009. This 15 years later, this joke is better. Yeah, it's better. And she wants this perverse action shut down. And everyone's like, okay. Hey, Joyce, let's see. Let's get locks on the sim deck door. Uh, we'll set time limits for its use. And uh, let's go ahead and properly educate the crew about cleanup methods. That's not my job, Ron. Get on it ASAP. Okay, everyone. Morning staff meeting adjourned and successful. This... Which I... My next note is... That's actually pretty reasonable. This, to me, though, speaks to why this show will not work. Because I'm a big Always Sunny fan. I haven't caught up on, like, a lot of the more recent seasons, but I'm a big Always Sunny's fan. To the point where, like, I have the DVDs, I watch them with commentary, I watch the special features. Big fan of these guys. And Sweet D is... One of the gang in Always Sunny. Yeah. And she explained, uh, I forget her her actress's name, Olsen? Caitlin Olsen. Yes, Caitlin Olsen uh, says that in the original script she was given, she was very upset by it because they basically mommed her where it was a bunch of grown men acting like children and getting all the funny lines and she always had to be the serious, you guys. Oh, the Catherine Heigl. Yeah, you can't be you can't be doing that. That was very common in the mid 2000s. Yeah, this is this is something that like I remember being told when I started doing improv of like be careful when you're working with a female actress not to always put them in the mom girlfriend role. Yeah. And let them do other stuff. So, uh, she complained like I want to do funny stuff. And uh, the the Always Sunny guys, uh, Glenn, Charlie, and I think Rob. Rob is back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all said, like, we don't know how to write women. And she responded, don't write a woman, write a comedy character. Yeah. And that's what they did for Sweet D. Yeah. The fact that we open boldly going nowhere... And not, Joyce Beck is a mom. Not learning that lesson yeah. is like, oh, this show, to me, I was like, oh, this is doomed. This is not going to work out. So. I, I forgot that the name of our show was Stay Doomed when I said that, just so you know. <laughs> uh, there's a robot. And there he's Buster Bluth it's from Buster Arrested Bluth. Development. Yes. He went from being a monster to a robot. To a robot. And he is hanging around the snack area, and he gets admonished, why are you in the snack area? You don't eat. Right. Uh, which is a Chekhov's gun that goes off later, which yes. is nice. They're trying to, like, rapidly introduce us to a bunch of characters. Yes. So we have the douchebag uh, from The Good Place, who is our douchebag pilot. We have this mom character. We have the android, who is Buster Bluth. We have the captain's number two, who is Cricket. From yeah. uh, Always Sunny, it's Rickety Cricket. And they have uh, a character, a female character who has like something on her face to make her look like different. Like yeah. she's of a different species of some sort, uh, named Artemis, who you might know from Always Sunny as Artemis. Yeah, she's Stardemis. Oh, is it, oh, it's Stardemis? Yeah. And then she's uh, Artemis. That's, that's silly. 
So their boss is also now trying to get a hold of them. Their boss is played by Oliver uh, Platt. Uh, Oliver Platt makes a cameo in this. Supervisor Thompson. Yes. And we find out that the Rock Collector 7 is 22 million miles off course. And they're a little behind in schedule. Yeah. And we find out the captain's name is Captain Teague. Yes. And uh, the boss is like... I sent an inspector up there. He's desperately trying to contact you. Bob, we have not heard from any inspector. I'm sorry. You know, maybe he's out of our range or something, but we have not heard from him. He has been sitting outside your bay door for the last three days, and he is running out of oxygen. Let the poor man on the ship, because he is begging me for permission to fire on you. You So we get this moment, and then uh, we get the mustachioed security officer who looked guilty when Joyce was complaining about the holodeck. Yeah. And he's going to go talk to his wife, who is Tracy, who is Sweet D from Always Sunny. Yes, it's Sweet D. So it's it's kind of an Always Sunny joke that you have Rickety Cricket married to Sweet D. Yeah. Because crickets always love Sweet D. Uh, this, it's, this will be a trend in this show. They make a decent joke, and then they take it too far to the point that it's, like, pointless now. Cricket's talking to his wife, and anytime, like, you see the wife's perspective, she's actually just watching QVC. Yeah, with him, like, in the corner. She's, like, dual screening. Yeah, she's got him picture in picture. So, like, if you were alive during 2020, like, what you did during Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and I'm not sure if you caught this. The person selling stuff on QVC is Mac yes. from Always Sunny. Uh, and I was just like, man, they are burning through Always Sunny characters here. And she's clearly, like, not listening and she doesn't care. And She wants money, though. She wants money because the kids. And then, like... Yeah, the kids. Sure. Money. And, like, this is all kind of, like, funny. And then... A man in a towel just kind of walks behind Sweet D. Yeah, implying she's cheating on Lance. And Cricket's like, what's that? And she's like, nothing, gotta go, by." And I was like, that's a step too far. Because now I no longer pity this character, I think he's an idiot. And also, that shouldn't have dropped in the pilot. Yeah. Like, we, we could find out Tracy's cheating on him later. Yeah, exactly. But, like, to take it that step too far, like, my view of this situation has changed. And, like, I think it hurts the show overall. So, the inspector gets on board, and it's Dennis from Always Sunny. And he's going to be more of an impactful character than our other Always Sunny uh, alumni here. Uh, And he's very upset because he almost... Drowned? Suffocated? Suffocated. Suffocated, That's the word I yeah. He almost suffocated in his ship. So, he uh, wants to see what's going on with the ship. Yes. They take him, and it turns out they're actually doing a great job. Yep. The ship is... So many moon rocks. Filled with moon rocks. They've and, gathered so many. And just as I'm having the thought, the green screen in this is not great. The inspector says, hologram off, and they're just standing in a white room. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was supposed to be bad. Good job, show. Yeah, like, so it turns out there's nothing there, except for a security officer played by Charlie Day. 
who came <laughs> yes. in to train himself. To train himself off. Charlie Day makes a, a small cameo and disappears. They also do this weird thing. There are no rocks, are there? Why? They vanished into a black man and hole. hole. A black hole. Which is like a very weird joke, but it got a laugh out of me just because it came out of nowhere. They then walk back to the bridge and literally the theme song to Always Sunny is playing. Oh. And I was just like, they are leaning way too hard on this because they... I feel like they're lying to us at this point. Yeah. Because they're trying to make us think, oh, this is going to be an Always Sunny show by showing us the Always Sunny regulars. But we are not going to see them again if this came became a full show. Yeah, and for the most part, we have not seen... Like, it's going to be hard to see Tracy frequently. It's going to be... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe we'd see Tracy again, but like... And Charlie... Maybe we'd see Charlie again. He's, he's but, on the ship. But, like, it definitely felt like it was there for you to go, oh, look, it's Charlie. It absolutely was. But they didn't do anything to establish him as an important character. So I didn't think, oh, he's a regular. Oh, no, I didn't think that. He was an obvious cameo. But I think they are trying to stick, to, like, try to trick someone who is less attuned to television that he might be. So I think that a lot of the next sequence is a montage of the inspector getting various crew members alone, which is there to try to establish a lot of the crew members at once. Yeah. First, he gets uh, Cobalt, who is the chief security and he's ex-military because he refuses to meet with Lance first because Lance is a brown noser. Yeah. Cobalt is a worse version of Terry from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's, at, that's legitimately the note I have <laughs> of he's Terry, but Terry doesn't love yogurt. Yeah. They do this weird bit where Cobalt's like, to prove a point, I hold bodybuilding competitions on the ship that I always win. And then he forces the inspector to look at his trophies. And then he kind of yells at him for not being impressed enough. And then he does like a pose down. This is all too weird. Yeah. (laughs) And very long. And very long. It takes up way too much of the show. And uh, we also then established that uh, Teague and Joyce slept together... But she didn't have an abortion. She had an emotional abortion, is what she says. Yeah. By the time the coalition figures out what we're doing, we will have discovered a planet, maybe even two. So just trust me, okay? Trust me. The last time I trusted you, I had to have an abortion. Oh! Whoops. No, whoa! What? It was an emotional abortion. I don't even know what that means. It's when you have to suck out your own feelings and throw them in the trash. Oh my god. They're just kind of throwing around the word abortion to be shocking here. Because it was the late 2000s. And, like, that worked on Always Sunny. Because in season one of Always Sunny, they do an abortion episode. And it's, like, shocking, but, like, well-written and makes sense and is not just there for shock value. So when we get this montage of interviews that the... 
inspector does. Uh, we get like Stardomus like winging a sword around. Yes. Going kill, 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 kill. Uh, another great example of a joke that goes too far. Uh, when he sits down with the android, Buster, uh, he says, I've never seen an android who is bald. And, yeah, this is weird. And he responds, yes, the captain made some modifications. And I was like, that's funny. The idea of the captain being so insecure that he's making the robot ugly and have imperfections so he can raise himself up. Great joke. It is then followed up by... <laughs> the captain fears a robot uprising. <laughs> he's also taken my penis. He's... He's hiding my penis from me. That is not a relatable joke. We've now jumped from something relatable of like an insecure man, like using his power incorrectly, to this kind of sci-fi joke that is unrelatable and weird. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, Teague then is arguing with an engineer during this. Uh, who's a fish man? Oh, yeah. The to go to man. hyperspace. And he's like, thrust me, I don't care, whatever. Like, clearly trying to say, the- like, sexy things out of, like, engine boosters and engine thrusters. And Oh, I didn't get that it was meant to be sexy. It wasn't meant to be. It was... He want, He says, like, you know, boost me, thrust me, do whatever you want, just get me to hyperspace. Yeah, I enjoyed the joke of this idiot captain saying he wanted extra thrusters when he meant boosters because to him he's an idiot and there's no difference between them. And the mechanic's like, this is the first I've heard of this. And they do this kind of like... Based on the maturity of the rest of the humor, I thought it was like a sex bit. Again, it was one of those things where I was like, this is a funny joke. Because this is a parody of upper management... Not being aware of what the lower class of a company does and just expecting magic. Yeah. Because, like, there's a joke where something goes wrong in computers and you go to IT and you just say, do what you did last time. Not understanding that the problem's different other than my computer broken. (laughs) That's what they're kind of playing with here. But then... The captain calls him a fish man, and then it becomes about racism. Just because you're half fish, or whatever it is that you are, does not give you the right to constantly backsass me, okay? I'm the captain of this ship. Don't forget that. You want to make this about race? Huh, Pete? Because I'm not half fish. I'm a human amphibian. That's why I can breathe in here too, bro. So let's not make this about race. And I don't think that part of the joke really works. It's too much to get into in this small interaction. Yes. And I also have a note. Man, the engineer looks expensive. Because he looked great. Yeah. Like he had working gills. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, man, he should have been in this episode more. Oh, and then after Tegan Joyce had the argument, we do meet one last character named John. John. The engineer. John. 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 John, John. John, are you clear? John? John. 
John, 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 John. Why aren't you talking, John? I'm uncomfortable. You see what you did? You made John uncomfortable. You made John uncomfortable. That made me laugh. It made me laugh too. <laughs> that one like was a legitimately good joke to me. Uh, there is one more thing that happens during the montage of interviews I want to bring up, and that's when uh, oh, I got a couple more things. Oh, okay, uh, when the inspector is talking to uh, the female character, uh, Joyce. Joyce, that. She says something along the lines of... He's got it in his head that he's going to find someone prettier than me. No, 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 no. This guy. No. <laughs> I could be somebody's trophy wife for crying out loud, and he, he just looks at me like I'm an old bag of... And then it went, oh, she's not a mom character. She's also crazy like the rest of them, but not in a fun way. No. Like in a needy way. Which is so much worse. Yeah, like, we, the three that are in, like, tightly wound together are Joyce, Stardomus, and the robot. Yeah. The robot's just being intense. Joyce starts to proposition the inspector to make Teague mm-hmm. jealous. And uh, Stardomus is chanting, kill, 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 over all yes. of this. This all makes sense in that they're trying to establish these are a group of people who've been in space for a long time and are losing their minds. Yes. But not in a way I'd want to watch every week. In, like, an uncomfortable way. Yeah. These people have all gone crazy. Uh, I want to shout out, out of nowhere, Yahtzee. Okay. The creator of Zero Punctuation, that video game uh, review show I watch every now and again. He did a special called Your Webcomic. And he was explaining what your webcomic looks like. And at the time, I had a webcomic. And he was like, okay, this is how it's going to work. Your main character is a bumbling, foolish, super cool guy that can get away with anything. He's also you. The second character is a woman is the girl. You know girls, those mysterious creatures you see on the bus who have their own bathrooms and spray stingy liquid in your face. If you don't know much about girls because your conversations with them don't last for more than a few minutes before the police are called, just use your mum as a frame of reference, characterising the female as a disapproving eye-rolling nanny who tolerantly wipes up the whoopsies of the idiot man-children and chastises them with the occasional spanking. And since your ego should be swelling nicely by this point, she should also become the main character's girlfriend somehow because she finds something adorable about the way he gets hypnotised by her breasts. And I was like, damn, he's feeling real called out here. (laughs) And that's exactly what this show is. Yes. It's what Yahtzee hates about webcomics. Yeah, it absolutely, it's, webcomics and also, like, a lot of 2000s media. Yeah. Because this was a lot of, um, Judd Apatow era stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I I keep thinking of Knocked Up because that's essentially what this, that style of humor of, the guys are all fun. Yeah. And the girls are like, stop having fun. Yeah, don't you be having that fun. Because uh, I remember in the late, being like, there isn't anything like the movie Blockers nowadays. Like, yeah. How now there's more kind of acknowledging that side of women. Mm-hmm. And I'm now kind of thinking about how interesting it is that we don't see a lot of like like, everybody groups of that kind of comedy. 
it does tend to be very like guys or girls. Yeah, that's true. And I that just kind of thinking about that, and that's very interesting. So through this, Lance calls his brother-in-law Barry, Tracy's brother, presumably, who's uh, an arms dealer. Yeah, Lance is the the second in command yeah, cricket the, character. Yes, and uh, he's trying to get information from. He's trying to get coordinates of some kind. This scene felt very tacked on, but it was something along the lines of they had paid him for information to get weapons and it was bad. Yes. So they're trying to yell at him to get their money back. Yes. It was very much a pointless scene. It absolutely was. Um, The inspector comes back and is talking about how annoyed he is because everyone on this ship sucks. And now he's going to have to stay on the ship and supervise them. And I don't want to do that. And it's the most Dennis-y he sounds. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to stay on board this ship to make sure that you complete your mission. And I I don't want to do that, Mr. Teague. I don't want to do that. I I have actually a note. He really sounds Dennis-y on the line. I don't want to do that. Yes. Remember this. I'm going to make a point about it later. Uh, They then. And his name is Xander, it turns out. Xander, okay, I'm going to continue to call him the inspector. Uh, the inspector leaves and the crew is pretty defeated because they're all going to get fired. And they're like, well, I have a great way to get out of this. Let's haze him. Yeah, let's make him feel like he's part of the gang by hazing him. So their plan is to shoot him with a stun gun and write douche on his forehead. Yes. That is the brilliant plan. That's the whole plan. Uh, so... As he's getting back into his ship, uh, the captain distracts him, and Cobalt and Lance jump out and shoot him, and he passes out, and surprise, surprise, he's dead. Yep. The following... No, you and I both say, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Before they dead. say he's dead. Uh, the following joke is poorly done, but very funny as an idea. Okay. The... Like, stun guns that they have have two buttons on them. One is a face with X's of over their eyes. Mm-hmm. And one is a face with, like, lines across. Yeah. And the one with X's is the stun. Because yeah. that's electricity. Yeah. And the one with lines is kill. Because his eyes are closed. And Lance was like, I thought that meant he was asleep. It's too chaotic for all these jokes to, like, land properly. Yes. And Lance at one point just yells, I shouldn't even have this. This is a military weapon. And I was like, that's the thing they're missing from this show. It took far too long to get to this point. There should have been ambition. Yeah. Like, we do get one moment where the captain's like, I don't want to be a rock collector. I want to be something more. But they never say really what it is. They're just doing stuff. And it, it's it's too little too late. Yeah. And then uh, Teague goes, set a course. <laughs> to where? Anywhere but here. And then they throw Xander's corpse out of the airlock with the word douche written on his forehead. And the road to nowhere plays again, which got muted on the other version. <laughs> And then we get a uh, stinger. And then we get a stinger. Of the robot communing with the microwave. 
it turns out he is trying to lead a robot uprising, but the microwave's just not there with him. Yeah. And that's the show. Uh, I think this is a missed opportunity. Here's like a small tweak that would make this better. The inspector comes in and says, you guys are so incompetent that I have to guide you all the way back to base. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pass you. Yeah. This way I can leave. Yeah. And then that would teach this group of people the wrong lesson. Yeah. That, oh, what we're doing is working. And to kind of feed them that little bit of like, uh, of like dopamine of like, yeah, you did a good because you're getting what you want would teach them, oh, we should just do this more. And then the rest of the show would make sense. All because this inspector didn't want to do his job. And it also kind of creates this nice thing of, like, nobody wants to do their job. No. Everybody hates this. Yeah. So, like, the inspectors actually know better than them. Everyone's just in space and is maniacs in the future. Yeah. I think I'd be more into that show. Rather than, oh, I'm following the people who suck. Yeah, it's bad. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not, like, super into this style of humor. It's that very late 2000s, uh, it's hard because the women aren't written very well. Mm -hmm. They seem to know murder lady and sex lady. Yeah. Murder lady is Stardomus, sex lady is Joyce. That's all they really... And they didn't give Stardomus much to do with No, that's why she's just murder lady. Uh, it's just not... Yeah, you have always been a person that if all the characters are unlikable, there's no reason to watch the show. Yeah, and I'm not a big Always Sunny fan. Yeah. I don't hate Always Sunny, but yeah. I'm not a big Always it, Sunny like, person. Like, there are episodes that you enjoy. Like, yeah. Like, you enjoy Dayman. Ah, oh, And you like, the, you like the tropey ones. I do. Like, I, the skiing episode is very well done. I do like a good trope. Yeah. I don't think I've ever shown you Thundergun Express, but Thundergun Express is one I think you'd enjoy. It's it's an action movie where they're trying to get to a theater to see an action movie. And they're all the worst at it, so that one's fun. Uh, but this, like, it's just missing the mark so, so much to yes. me. Uh, do you, do you any any research? Because I'm going to go on a rant. So, uh, this was one of two pilots Fox was really high on for uh, the 2009 season. Right. The other was Glee. Ooh, how'd that show do? Uh, Better than it should (laughs) have. The other thing that's very interesting is the show seems to be unable to die entirely. Uh, It went back into pre-production in 2013, I want to say. Really? Really? And clips of it were released officially as part of the Always Sunny podcast in 2022. Oh. So it doesn't really ever entirely die. I would argue that the Orville probably really killed it. Yeah, it makes this irrelevant. Because the Orville is this, but better. Uh, I was working on a spec script back in college years ago that I think is a better version of this. Because uh, I think the problem with this is everybody sucks. 
Like, if you want to do the slackers on a spaceship, you need to see the not slackers, the people who are there doing it correctly. So the fact that they're on a ship that's kind of like the ship job itself sucks, that they're just collecting rocks, kind of puts this in this bad place of like, who cares? Yeah. I was working on a spec script years ago called Red Shirts. And the idea was every episode you saw like this intro that had uh, the main cast on it. And it had like a captain and like a, like a weird alien creature and all these other people. And then special guest star, some red shirt. And then you would go to this back room where they kept all the red shirts and they would just talk like... You, hopefully I'm not the one that gets picked this this week. God, please don't. And uh, we had like a guru character that was just like the only red shirt to survive. And in our minds, it was going to be written, it was going to be um, William Shatner. Uh, but in this like pilot episode we wrote, and we never finished it, but I remember like the ideas were they went to a desert planet to like find a clue on this treasure hunt. There was a big sandstorm. They left the crew member behind because they assumed he was dead. Mm -hmm. And he ends up like needing water and he like stabs a cactus and the cactus is like sentient. Okay. So uh, he meets these cactus people and he keeps like draining them and like they they like it. Oh, Oh boy. So they make him like king. But, like, he's also kind of like a prostitute to them. And I think we named him Troy of Helen, Michigan. Or Helen, Montana. So he was Troy of Helen instead of Helen of Troy. Troy of Helena? Yeah. And it basically, they, they make him a king and then everybody wants more of him. So, like, a war starts. And he does a big speech to, like, end the war. And then the spaceship comes back, and when the door opens, it kills him. And they and the crew comes down. It's like, oh, here's the thing we forgot to pick up. And they pick up like a random piece of equipment, and then they fly away. And then next episode, different red shirt. And just every episode was a different red shirt. Having a thing that contrasts these people, so you can look at it because we don't know what space is in this world. Yeah. They can't be weird and silly if we don't know what normal is. Are you familiar with Star Trek Lower Decks? I believe I wrote this show. I originally called it Red Shirts. Uh, It's an animated comedy. Yes. About the lower characters like ensigns and what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a little less murdery, but it's, uh, it's funny. I wrote my show back in college, so it was, it was of the time. (laughs) I wonder if I have it on, like, an old computer. Uh, But, yeah, like, I think it's too silly and out there that without a point of reference, you don't have, like, you need to see the straight man. There's no straight man. That's the problem. There's no straight man. Well, there was, but they immediately killed him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, these kinds of shows need a straight man, and a, a lot of things I was complaining about... Push a woman into that role. Yeah. And, like, Always Sunny, you might say, not doesn't have a straight man. The straight man in Always Sunny is always society. Yeah. 
Because they're they're always venturing out into the world and dealing with a person that's like, how are you people alive? Wasn't the waitress for a while? Yeah, the waitress fills that role, but like the lawyer that they run into fills that role. Uh, you know, any a, celebrity. Yeah, any celebrity, kind of, unless it's Roddy Piper, who was also a maniac. He was actually the maniac in that episode. Uh, but, like, the fact that the whole show takes place on the ship. Yeah. Like, they never end up crossing paths with another person other than the inspector who's now dead. Like, it just... They don't they don't pull it off, in my opinion. And uh, it's, a, it's a stay doomed for me. You? It is a stay doomed. It is so... I... It's just, it's not my cup of tea, and it's also not executed well. I think burning through, I get the joke of burning through all the Always Sunny cast, but I think it would have been smarter to have one or two of the cameos and save a couple of them. Yeah, because to me, let's say this aired, and somebody sees this, they might think, oh, they're going to be in the next episode, and then they're not going to be in the next episode. Yeah, and you've also now seen them all. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, when is Charlie Day going to come? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to be an awesome patron, head on over to patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Help us decide what we're going to do next on the show. And uh, thank you to Matthew for being a super cool patron. We don't know what we're doing next week. We don't. Um, we're going to have a, a, me- a production meeting this week to uh, get... The rest of June figured out. Yes. Uh, where can people find us? You can email the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to talk about the role of women in comedy, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.